Hey, hey, hey. Thanks again for pressing play. Welcome once again to another edition of the Sun's Jam Session Podcast. I'm healthy and I'm John. And I'm excited that you're joining us here. And I'm joined by this guy, Matthew. How you doing, brother? Good. Corn-free, healthy as well. Mm, Got to avoid that corn. You'll stay healthy. I <laughs> yes, eat corn. I get sick. And I have to deal with shit. So, uh, exciting game for the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be kind of a weird pod. So, if you're listening to the pod, we appreciate it. Uh, we're both at the game watching the Phoenix Suns defeat the Miami Heat by a final score of 113 to 97. Uh, and what we're going to do is, as the stadium clears out, we're going to do our pod like we normally do for you jamsters. And then we're going to start to walk out the arena. We're going to go to our cars. And I'm going to continue recording in my car, uh, probably without the video, but you'll still get that high-quality void of audio. So uh, if you're somebody who doesn't like it when we come to games, uh, and the audio is a little different for you. It's hard to hear. I'm sorry. Maybe skip to the next Sucks. episode. We're playing the yeah. Grizzlies. Yeah, I can't even listen to the same thing again. <laughs> I can't listen to these pods when we do these, so I do apologize too. But I don't. I don't listen to any of your pods afterwards. I just kind of. I was telling somebody today. I'm like, one of the best things besides not getting my fucking camera to level. There we go. Still not level. Whatever. One of my favorite things about doing the podcast is uh, it allows me an opportunity to kind of put all my sun's thoughts onto the ether and then like i'll have friends who like text me like, hey man did you see the game last night what'd you think and i send them a link to the pod i'm like dude i already talked about it i don't want to talk about you yeah <laughs> yeah i know sure they've already watched it dude so i just don't talk to people either when i bring up the suns i'm like i don't know who that team is booker who yeah. what does he look like is it, that guy cute i don't know what does he look like i have I have no well, idea. I, it's, it, it's like me and K-Ray, right? We're just sitting around talking about the Cowboys before the game, you know? Fuck the, fuck the Suns. Oh, was that K-Ray, huh? Was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, talking... I don't make eye contact around here yet. I'm, I'm, I'm burning my way there. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> well, welcome, Jamsters. We hope that you can make eye contact with us or ear contact with us as you listen to this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So smash that thumbs up button down below if you're watching this on YouTube now or at a later time. The hell that lady was laughing very loud. Let's just, uh, let's crack one open if we got it. And then uh, let's talk about this victory over the heat. in my humble opinion, taking on a Heat team that enters at a record of 20 and 14. This is a this is a good basketball team uh, that the Suns faced, much akin to when they played the Orlando Magic a couple games ago, that although they're on a road trip, you have to beat these teams at home, and the Suns did that, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Matthew, I gotta ask, taking on the Miami Heat, Knowing that Kevin Durant wasn't going to be in this game, you didn't know that Jimmy Butler wasn't going to be in the game, but knowing that Kevin Durant wasn't going to be in the game, uh, did you expect this type of victory from the Suns? <laughs> yeah, the whole Jimmy Butler thing, huh? Well, I was like, where is he at? Oh, well, he was out, and I should have known them. I should have known better, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was confident in this team. I think uh, since we turned the corner really a couple games ago, you know, KD out, KD not playing, it can be an issue maybe, but if you think about it too much – then that's where you get in trouble. I think right now the big focus is on Beal and how he plays with Booker and the way the staggered minutes are working. 
because they've been looking good. They've been looking better. Last game looked good. Towards the end, they had a chance to come back against the Clippers. They fell short, and I took it up. I took that game as a positive for the most part. But the main thing is to have the big three together with the rest of the unit to see how it looks in full. But right now, man, I'm liking the way Beal is feeling himself out on the court to where it just kind of distracts me away from the point of like, oh, yeah, KD's on the team, and he hasn't been playing for three games. Yeah, I think that this has kind of been a blessing in disguise because we can see what Bradley Beal and Devin Booker can do as the duo that they are. She said you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal tonight uh, – Ends with a total of, what, 23 points, 20 points, 25. I'm like literally covered there. 25 points, uh, 18 or 11 of 18 shooting, had nine assists, had eight rebounds. We were on triple-double watch with Bradley Beal. So you take him, you take Devin Booker, who goes for only 20 points on nine of 19 shooting, a bad shooting night for him, uh, two of seven from beyond the arc, but 10 assists. So combined between the two, you have 19 assists and 45 points. What we are seeing within these minutes in which KD is not on the floor is these two players developing a chemistry together that is going to be spoken about in the next probably two or three weeks, is my guess, as the best backcourt duo in the NBA. I got to ask you this, Matthew. Like, do I need to make a joint drop, much like we used to have the Outlaw Boys? The Outlaw Boys. Okay, yeah. I hate, I hate Out, being outlet. muted. The, the worst – the worst thing on this pod is to be muted and talking. You know, at work, it's okay because we all screw up. But on this, it's embarrassing, and I fucking hate myself for it. So I apologize, Jamsters, for the audio and not knowing I'm mute. But anyways, after that, uh, the, the focus on – we're talking about Bradley Beal, the best backcourt with Devin Booker. Yeah, the new outlet boys, but, like, they're not yeah. the outlets. The, the, the killer bees. That sounds so lame. Is that already a thing? Yeah, I know. That is kind of that is kind of lame, dude. Because bees do die after they sting you. And they've been ah, that was cheesy. I was about to say Beal's been stinging these boys up all night. I don't know what that means, but how about continue. this? How about this? Brevin. Brevin. Yeah, like Brad and Devin. Brevin. Yeah, I think so. I like the killer bees. Let's stick with that. No, 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 okay. no. No, no, no. Because right. the Killer Bees, like, that's like uh, Craig Biggio and oh, who are the other guys? Uh, Bagley? The yeah, Bagley and uh, somebody else. Berman. Berman. Whatever. Fucking Astros. Uh, real quick, shout out to Biscuits and the Bear. $16 in the Super Chat. Team is looking like it's finally meshing. Please vote for Booker on NBA All-Star. We can't let Reeves uh, or Clay get in. Completely agree with that. And thank you, Biscuits and the Bear, for donating in the Super Chat. But back on the Bradley Beal and Devin Booker conversation, obviously Devin Booker shot not looking great tonight. Uh, he did have a great game last game when he scored 35 points very efficiently. But what are you seeing from both of these players as they're out there on the court together? Uh, I think just the unselfishness, man. Like, I, I really had a hard time, like, envisioning Beal and what he was going to look like on the court with Booker. And even just as a player, as the Suns, right? I think last game he really established himself as a guy that's come back from injury and he's here. He's serious. I mean, all, we all cross our fingers, of course, but I'm just not believing the injury thing anymore. I think this is going to be a for real thing with him on the court. The way that him and Book, like, I'll look at the scoreboard and be like, oh, Book only has, like, 16 points in the fourth quarter. Like, how is that affecting Book? But then Book's, he didn't give a, two shits. He'll pass the ball over. They'll move the ball around. Both guys are very unselfish, man, and that's the best part because you have guys like Grayson Allen who go off tonight, and you got to keep feeding them, right? 
So instead of those two being like, hey, I don't have 30 points yet, let me go Let me go after 30. No, we're going to keep passing the ball around, get it to the hot guy. They just want to win. And I think that's where Booker is right now in his career. He's like, I'm done putting up stats. I'm done chasing that shit that I never get, the respect that he never gets. I'm just going to start focusing on winning, obviously bring these stars here to play with. And it just shows how comfortable he is to play with Beal and the other guys like Kevin Durant. And they can all share the ball at an equal rate and get their points. Along with feeding everybody else, man, it's it's something beautiful because I don't think you're going to have an issue where the egos get in the way. Yeah, this was really uh, high-level basketball that we witnessed tonight. If, if you go back and, like, I'm looking forward to going back and watching the tape because you're watching the game. I'm covering it from bright side, so I'm kind of, like, typing the recap while I'm watching yeah. the game. You look down and you look up and Bull Bulls hit, like, a, a 13-foot jump and you're like, shit, how did <laughs> yeah, they get to that point? You know, it's it's like – when you talk to people who watch football, a lot of times they talk about the ball, right? Like, well, I was watching the running back and the way that he cut, it's like, yeah, but the next level of watching a sport is to understand what the offensive line is doing and how they're setting up the blocks and the, and a, that allows the vision to occur for that running back. The same goes in basketball. You watch the ball a lot, but if you're not watching what's happening on the backside or how players are coming off the pin downs and screens, then you're not understanding how they're getting open into those shots. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to going back and watching this game in more detail. But what we did see with both Booker and Beal on the court are just that. It's high-level basketball, an unselfishness, and, and they're not stat chasing in any way, shape, or form. But the ball is moving. What we've noticed over these last few games is there's less stagnation. Now, this isn't to say in any way, shape, or form that Kevin Durant is the creator of stagnation. Because when Kevin Durant was out there and Devin Booker was out there, we would see a lot of late game isolation basketball that was CP3-esque. 20 seconds of holding the ball, dribbling, maybe a pass and a pass back, but ultimately there wasn't a lot of ball movement. There wasn't a lot of back cutting. I noticed tonight on multiple possessions where Booker would have the ball at the top of the key and there would be a little, you know, like a three second, three to seven seconds of stagnation. And then he would start the offense and when he would move in, a back cut would happen. Grayson Allen uh, would would come off of a back screen and find himself open. And the same thing was happening for Beal. So you're starting to see, from an offensive standpoint, both of those players understand how to play off of each other, when and where to choose their spots, not only to be a scorer, but primarily to be a playmaker and to create the gravity necessary to open up the rest of their teammates, and the teammates are taking advantage of that. Yeah, and like out of the first quarter when Booker had like 10 points, Bill had nothing really in the last. He had zero points in the last three minutes. He scores so quickly. He got five so quick, right? So he makes up that difference where if you are watching between Book and Bill, the point differential, if that's an issue, then it wasn't the first. But Bill got his quick, and that's what he does. He's a quick, speedy guy to get to the point on the offensive end. We need that because, like you said, KD, the way he slows things down, Book, they're beautiful players, but sometimes it's like, fucking come on, right? The ball moves so much better with Beal. The The fact that Beal can just get to the rim whenever he wants opens up so much more, and they just know exactly where everybody's at. So when those doubles do come in the paint or at the perimeter, they pass out of it quick. But Beal gets to the point quick, man. He wants to make sure that this team stays up to speed when they have a lead, when they need to cut into a lead, that they keep going, right? They keep that momentum going. I, I haven't seen enough of Bill yet with this team, but I feel like I trust the momentum and stuff more than Book right now just because he can bring that amount of speed to this offensive lineup. And I don't I'm not saying Book's bad at it or anything. Like Book obviously goes off, right? He'll get his 10 straight if he wants or 13 points in the first quarter. 
But Bill's like, he just like owns it in the moment of having a lead or else if they're going to try to cut into the lead, he'll make sure to get everybody involved, but do it at like a 1.5 rate, right? Like if you if you listen to a podcast and you're going to speed this one up to 1.5, that's Bill to me in this offense. Well, but the beauty of that is, is like, I'm glad that it's like that. I'm glad that Booker plays with a more slow, methodical, uh, calculated way. And Beal is much more quick burst and athletic because it gives you almost like what so many teams have possessed in football, right? The thunder and lightning, right? Like, remember when it was like DeMarco Murray and Felix Jones from the Cowboys? Like DeMarco yeah. Murray's the thunder yeah. and Felix Jones was the lightning or yeah. Darren McFadden and Felix Jones uh, were the same thing at the University of Arkansas. So the Suns have that. So from a pace standpoint, when they're trying to play and the opposing teams are trying to play defense against them, they're really hard to, to consistently defend because of that reason. If you're on Booker yeah. for a possession and they run a switch and the next possession you're on Beal and you try to have the same approach, he's going to go blow right by you. Now, here's the other thing that I want to talk about with both of these guys. Uh, and we haven't even talked about Grayson Allen yet, who's definitely going to get some kudos. The defense looked great tonight. Mm. This Miami Heat team's a good team. They entered 20 and 14. This is a team that I think is what, eighth in the league in three-point shooting. They shot 27% tonight. 97 points the Suns held them to. And we're starting to see this as a theme as well, outside of the Clippers, who shot the shit out of the ball the entire game. I mean, that was one of those things where it was an anomaly almost. And the Clippers are a very yeah. good team. You combine both those things. But from a defensive standpoint, that hustle and grit that you're seeing on the offensive end from both Booker and Beal, you're also seeing on the defensive end. And that I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, Beal's spoken into existence where this team did suck. I mean, he's speaking into existence of where they're actually – progressing in a good way defensively and the fact that he kept bringing it up you knew something was going to happen offensively we don't worry about this team but defensively you can see the rotations the switches everything was just falling apart really and we'll talk about Grayson Allen but the way he can hold up kind of like as that guy where you think the Suns would want some size and they would want someone to really compete down low on the boards well I mean Grayson Allen kind of brings that on the defensive end when you're trying to when he's trying to rebound and help defense or help help defensive rebound in that way but also the way that he can just contribute, like chasing Tyler Hero off off screens and stuff like that, that's huge. But the the fact that coming into the season, Beal was the defensive thing was always a thing, right? We always talked about is he gonna play defense? This team's gonna be terrible defensively. But playing on a winning team, I feel like it just changes everything. And right now you're seeing that he can not be a leader, but he can definitely be there to hold people accountable on the defensive end, like he already has through the interviews and through the postgame interviews. He knows his team just needs to pick it up defensively and then they can take the next step to really be a contender again because that's just the one knock on the Suns team right now. Well, then, of course, you have to think about the fact that he doesn't have to use all that energy on the offensive end so he can focus on the defensive end, right? Like we always said that about Devin Booker in the past. The challenge with Devin Booker is because he had to do so much carrying of the offense, when it came to defense, that's not where he spent his energy. And all of a sudden, you started to put some good players around him and guess what? Devin Booker didn't have to carry the offensive load as much anymore. So what did he do? He started to focus and lock in on defense. We've seen that with Bradley Beal a little bit this year as well. And then, of course, because of the gravity that both of those guys bring on offense, it opens up Grayson Allen. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Allen. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen. 
our fuck shit up guy. Listen here, folks. I know you hate that drop. I fucking love that drop. I, love I just, I love it too. It gets you go. It's it's too short. We got to extend that is. thing just a little bit. Yeah, I think that we need to make that just a, a five minute drop. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We can go take a shit, come back, finish the the podcast. Yeah, that'd be a nice little break. Grayson Allen, thirty-seven minutes played tonight. Eleven of nineteen from the field. Thirty-one points. Kind of sounds like KD numbers. So with Kevin Durant out, Grayson Allen sounds perfect as the as the guy who comes in to spell Durant. It just it, it worked out perfectly. Nine of fourteen from beyond the arc, which of course brings me to Matthew's favorite segment. You know what time it is. Trivia time. All right, Matthew. Sixth time a Phoenix Sun has made nine three-pointers in the game. Grayson Allen tied it tonight, so he's number six. Can you name the five other guys who hit nine threes in a game for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, Eddie House. Incorrect. Tom Chambers. Incorrect. All right, I give up. All right, Landry Shamit. Yes. Cameron Johnson. Oh, yeah. Cameron Johnson, Aaron Baines, uh, Quentin Richardson, and I'm forgetting one. Is it Steve Nash? David Ray says nope. Nash. Nope. Yeah, nope. I'm like, I don't think it is. I'm forgetting one. Channing Fry. There you go. Okay. So there, so there you go. What a Yay. game by Grayson Allen, man. What a Oh, yeah. So, t- t- tell me what you saw from him tonight. You know what? The threes were nice. They were beautiful. But the way that he just is playing all over the court, everywhere else, it's astonishing. I think coming on into the season, coming into the season, you knew the threes were going to be there. Nine, of course, and you try to get ten, but Eubanks steals it from you. I thought that was Grayson Allen in the corner from all the way up here, but it was Drew Eubanks stealing his tenth three to end the game. But you, you get the threes, but like I said earlier, man, the way he plays big defensively, the way he can chase guys around, and, yeah, he doesn't spend a lot of energy on offense, but he is trusted, man. I think he's fifth right now in percentage of handling the ball offensively offensively for the Suns. And it's it's something where I think it's going to go up. I think this guy is more trusted. I was always worried about the staggered minutes between, you know, the three stars. When one guy's on the floor, who else is going to pick it up? I think Grayson Allen's that fifth guy. I'm going to include Nurkic in there. He's the fifth guy on this team, and I think the more and more you trust him with the ball, the more and more things open up. His IQ is through the roof. He makes sure that defensively he knows what he's doing out there, help on rotations, but offensively he knows where to go, man. If he doesn't have the ball, he's not going to go stay in the corner. He's going to cut. He's going to move around, grab the ball on a cut, and then pass it up. Make sure that when someone is double like Booker and Beal, he can go grab it from them and keep things moving. This game was huge with the threes, but I'm telling you, man, just from the start, of course he hit the two threes to start. And then Booker threw the ball out of bounds because Grayson Allen moved in. <clears throat> but even before his nine threes, I was like, this guy is playing right now at an elite level. And we talked about earlier, there's something about him being one of the most improved players in the NBA. I brought this up maybe a couple weeks ago on the pod. But he's just so consistent. And he's kind of like that attitude. Of course, you need the fuck shit up guy. But he kind of is picking up the attitude that we kind of missed from Jay Crowder as the season goes along. Like, I just think he has that attitude of really the follow on the court from the Suns, but also just 
be a nuisance defensively. So I'm not saying he is Jay Crowder, but there's always that missing piece when Jay Crowder left of just kind of the, the attitude on the court. I kind of think he feels that in a way. I think that's a great comp because that's exactly what the Suns missed last year, right? Was a Jay Crowder type. Now, not a Jay Crowder type in the, in the fact where he's going to go out there and he's going to box and he's going to salsa dance and he's going to bring that type of attitude. But it's somebody who can hit threes. Uh, and obviously, Grayson Allen can hit threes at a much, much higher clip yeah. than Jay Crowder. But it is, a, it is an attitude relative to defensive acumen, uh, basketball IQ, knowing where his spots are on the court and to continually move. Because Jay Crowder did always move. He didn't just go camp in the corner. Mm-hmm. Like how many times you see Josh Okoge just camping in the corner and they finally give him the ball and he's open and he's too scared to fucking shoot. Whereas yeah. Jay Crowder never did that. Grayson Allen doesn't do that. And I like the points that you brought up and I agree that what he does on both ends of the floor is a perfect compliment. Like when we talk about Nurk being a, a compliment to this team, Grayson Allen's like an ideal fit. Yeah, or Nurk fit, ideal fit is is Grayson Allen as well. And I think it's such a great addition to this team. And obviously on a night like tonight where Kevin Durant's out again and, you know, the whole Frank Vogel, well, it's not a tear. Uh, okay, thanks for bringing that fucking word up. You know, the, the whole Kevin Durant thing, right? So yeah. two games ago, it was uh, a hamstring strain or, or, or tightness. And then before the last game, it was hamstring tightness. And then before this game, it, it, uh, they released yesterday, it was a hamstring strain. And then he says in the pregame, it's not a hamstring tear. Why would you even say those fucking words, oh, Frank Vogel? Uh, I know I completely pivoted talking about Grayson Allen, but I heard that. I was just like, come on, dude, don't say that yeah. kind of shit. But this, this, these type of performances, and I'm not saying the nine threes, but just what you see from him, you just know you got, you have guys that can like keep this thing together, keep things kind of glued at a mature level, man. He's been, he's a winning player, wants to fucking win. And when things are going around in the media a couple weeks ago, where it's like, you know, the supporting cast is leaked by Kevin Durant is being frustrated, things like that, and then we're losing, and Beal got hurt again. To maintain his focus and to be a contributor this much this season, it's just huge. It's kind of overlooking the stats in the nine nine threes tonight, man. I just think he brings so much more that people won't see, of course, in the box score. But I think he's a true leader on this team. I think it, he is, for sure. I mean, the body language, everything, he's a quiet guy, obviously. But the way he just leads on the court and in the press conferences and his interviews, he keeps things mellow, right? Like Ricky Rubio used to say, never too high, never too low. And I get that from him, too. So he's a perfect Ricky Rubio replacement along with Jake Crowder. And I'll probably keep adding guys as we go. And, sh- and shout out to Ricky Rubio, who officially retired uh, yesterday. We love you, Papa Ricky. Hope everything's going well and that you find peace, because I know that he always uh, struggles with some mental stuff. Um, yeah. When it comes to Grayson Allen, I was going to say something. And then you brought up Ricky Rubio. Oh, uh, how many games has Grayson Allen come off the bench? Uh, zero, right? This is his 30th game, 30th game starter. Correct. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier. You mentioned on previous pods. If you go on to, like, DraftKings and you look at the odds for most improved player, he's not even listed as an option. And that's <laughs> kind know. of a shame. He has his career high. He's averaging a career high in points, a career high in rebounds, a career high in assists, career high in three-point shooting. And he's contributing to a team that at this point, last I checked, I think they're ninth or eighth in the Western Conference. So due to the fact that we're not winning at the clip that we should be, but he's been a huge. Like, where would the oh, Suns yeah. be without Grayson Allen this season? Nowhere. I'm just They'd we, be here we, in we, Phoenix. 
uh, I don't know. They'd probably fall into the abyss, dude. I think everyone would probably eat them up. All these fans, these angry fans, would just go on the court and start eating them. I think that's what would happen if we didn't have Grayson Allen. Ooh, eat him, huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you see it going that way? Yeah, I did not curveball. Someone's uh, hungry. Huh? Um, we did see a couple guys that we haven't seen in quite some time tonight. And, you know, it's been a while since we've seen uh, the Big Crank. Big Crank Eubanks. Crank that song. Now I mean you. Crank that song. Now I mean you. Crank that song. Now I mean you. Crank that song. Now I so the strategy for the Suns tonight was we're just going to keep throwing bodies to Bam Adebayo because that's the best guy that they have out there. Bam Adebayo went for 28 points. He had 11 rebounds. Yusuf Nurkic played 26 minutes and had six points and nine rebounds. Drew Eubanks played 22 minutes and had 11 points and six rebounds in his return. Did you feel like it was that productive of a game? No, not at all. I think he's really close. There's like this certain like there's just like this wall in front of him to really get that Eubanks performance we saw at the beginning of the season. He's uh, still very hesitant, very insecure on the court. Um, that's what it looks like body language wise. He just has the opportunities in these games where, especially tonight, got a lot of minutes. Thank God. Maybe this is like kind of that bridge he needs to have a complete game, kind of like have a ball ball game. Um, I think that what what uh, Eubanks was doing tonight, we've seen a lot of it is where he just, he'll have the ball down the post and he's very hesitant to just get his, his jump hook out. I know he had a few dunks tonight and stuff, but like just the hesitancy, the look on his face, you can tell there's a lot there. There's a there's a panic to him to where these minutes mean so much to him and of course his career going forward where he has to prove himself. And you can see it all over him. And that just needs to go away. He needs to really get back to what he was in the beginning of the season, obviously. But it takes games like this, I feel like, where you can play him against a smaller Miami Heat team where he can build that confidence, right? And it's going to take game by game by game just to kind of chip away at it. It's going to take a while. And I like how he got minutes tonight and Frank Vogel didn't just, like, throw another DMP at him because he needs to build himself back up because we still need that backup center, right? We saw what we have from Adoka. Who knows if he'll ever play again? I don't even know what the fuck's going on there. But we we don't have him right now in the lineup for some reason. So they're trying to work it back to Eubanks. Maybe they're trying to see what they have in him before maybe they go get another backup center or something. I don't know. And see, it's funny because I also saw that he was rushing things as well. There'd be possessions where it's like he's being slow, he's being methodical, you can see him thinking. And the next possession, he gets it, he just, he, oh, shit, and he throws it up real quick. You know, he was yeah. four of eight from the field for those 11 points. And, you know, it would have been eight points, but he hit a three-pointer at the end of the game. So it would have been eight and six. It, it, was, it, was, it was a solid return. I'll say that. Like, it was definitely a solid return for Drew Eubanks relative to – what he's uh what he was doing before he was benched he he there was zero production there was no confidence a guy who returned tonight but once again didn't look great Utah the So obviously when like Katie's hurt and Eric Gordon's hurt and Sear Little's hurt, you know you're going to be dipping into the bench. And you don't want to knobby got a couple runs in this game. He had nine minutes played. He had a couple points, one of three from the field, one rebound. And it was kind of lost a little bit on defense again. You know, the same shit. Like just in con- – he's constantly in recovery mode. He's constantly, oh, shit, I made a mistake. I'm in recovery mode. Or I'm making up – or my team has to pick up a mistake that I did. So – while Eubanks, I can see, and I think it's a great point, against a smaller Heat team, it's a good opportunity to get him in there. Uh, you know, Yudoka Azubuke provided you minutes and that big size that you needed against some teams that had some big, bruising sons of bitches. 
But when you have Kevin Love is kind of their backup five, if you will, and he plays on the perimeter, uh, and shout out to Kevin Love, 20 points tonight, but all 15, 15 of those came in the first quarter. Um, it's a good opportunity for Eubanks to get in there and try to to develop some confidence. Whereas with you don't want to not, he should be able to plug in against any opposing team, and he just he can't do it. He just doesn't look good. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just don't know if it's going to come back this season for him. Uh, it's just that bad. Uh, Shaman zone, obviously. Yeah. As yeah, we'll start walking out. John just asked me if we should start walking, and I said yes. Um, that's what I'm talking to right now. But uh, Jamsters out there, I'm going to say that if Bobo can, you know, bring the heat and, you know, build that confidence like we talked about endlessly last pod, then you would think Yudo can do it. But Yudo's still struggling, man. And I don't really see him coming back this year. I know it's so brutal because it's so early, but I just don't see it, man. Because you would see, like, little signs of it, right? You would see signs that he's hitting corner threes. He's not lost on defense. You would, you would see signs that like, Hey, um, I can pick up a defender. I can actually run through screens and not get knocked down. Like this, that stuff's not happening right now for him. Yeah. And obviously we're concerned because as a three point shooter and a three point specialist, we've been through this before with Landry Shamit and Shamit, he could, he frustrating as he may be, he would pop out of it from time to time. And Yuta, it's just going to take time. Because if, if you have that, if you can have Yuta Wananabe come in and in those six, nine minutes, give you six points, give you nine points, just score real quickly off the bench, man, that changes the dynamic of this team and the depth of this bench. Uh, and I know that when we talk about bench players, that's exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get inconsistency. But I think the biggest challenge when it comes to Yuta Wananabe is the hype that came along with him and the excitement that we all had for him. And every time we're in the subreddit, and just so – you didn't take subreddit notes on this game, did you? I did not. Sorry. Okay, sorry, Jamsters, there will Oops. be no subreddit. Thank God. Um, but what is that sound? That oh, cracking? my water bottle. Oh. My lid fell off. Uh, but when you go to the subreddit for opposing teams, and whenever they see that Yuta Wananabe is on the Suns, they go, oh, yeah. Oh, that guy's awesome. Oh, I wish I wish our team had him. And I'm like, okay, so what do you want to give us for him? Because I would like your team to have him too. And I don't think that's like the reason like he's actually playing now. It's because like, hey, what can we get in the trade market? I think it's oh, we're going outside. There is going to be a loud horn. So, yeah, so brace yourself, Jeff. Out here. We're giving you the. The downtown Phoenix nightlife right here. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. No one else I don't think ever does a pod like this. This is when you need to play the great play the Grayson Allen five minute drop. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> so yeah, you know you know to me, man, he's uh he's he's definitely lost, but the thing is is like I don't know if it's gonna take him to just like kind of just scorch from behind the three to where we believe in him a couple games. It's gonna take more than that. I think it starts on the defensive end, really. And how much of a reliability is. I don't care about the shooting anymore. Yeah, I just I want I want productive minutes and I feel bad. So sitting on media row, I sit next to uh at least tonight, one of the Japanese reporters who's in town specifically to cover Yuta Wananabe. And I hear his groans every time Yuta takes a shot and misses. Or when Yuta has a bad defensive rotation and you know the the crowd doesn't get excited when 
you don't want to now become Zen. They do get excited when Bulbul Bull comes. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Bulbul. Bull. So you've been at the past couple games with Bowl Bowl. This is my first time being at a productive Bowl Bowl game. Yeah, Bowl Bowl hits different, man. Oh yeah, he does. And every time he touches the ball, you can hear the pop. I think they showed two fans tonight on the Jumbotron with Bowl Bowl jerseys. And honestly, like that's that's a hot jersey right there, right? That's something that if I were to be given that for Christmas, I wouldn't complain. Okay, note to self, in 360 days or 355 days or whatever it is, uh, we'll hook you up with a Bull Bull jersey. Now, it's it's when he grabs a rebound. It's when, you know, he had the one play where he went across the lane, uh, and it looked like he twisted his ankle. And it'd be interesting to see what the end injury report is. But, you know, he finished uh, and it was fouled on the play. And, again, it's it, it, productive minutes from him off the bench. That's what you want you to want a Navi to be. But what have we talked about throughout this entire season? That as long as a couple players are doing that every night, it doesn't need to be every single player every night because it will never be every single player every night. This isn't like unless we're like, you know, the perfect team and we, and we score 150 points every night, it's just not going to happen. So it was Drew Eubanks for a couple weeks. And then it was Monsieur Little for a couple weeks. Then it was nobody for a couple weeks. And then uh, we got some Yadoka Azabuki production. And now it's like, this is Bull Bowl's week. And Eubanks is starting to pick it up a little bit. So maybe maybe it'll go into another Eubanks week. So, I mean, that's what you have to do with your second team unit as you patch these things together and you try to find winning combinations that ultimately lead to sustainable winning streaks. Yeah, and I think Frank Vogel, too, he's doing a good job of sprinkling everybody kind of back in because we did see, like, the rise of Odoka, and then we did see, like, a little bit of save and Lee, but now you got to get the other guys back in to see what you have. And I don't think it plays too much into the trade market. I think it plays into what we have to surround Kevin Durant, who, you know, that was leaked a little bit ago. But also, we just need to know as fans is what we have from these guys who can step up, who can have the right attitude in the right moments, and who can actually lead this team maturity wise and you're already seeing now within the last week oh, i'm out of breath oh get ready we got some stairs ahead of us like we got some stairs dude yeah the <laughs> holidays not working out and just eating like crap <laughs> uh, wait uh where are we going again uh the global ambassador oh okay okay yeah well i don't know if you're supposed um, to say it on here sorry i just forgot. oh well anyone's not doing anything tonight um so looking overall at this game, knowing that we have Memphis next, right? And we'll get to the Jam Star, and I wonder if anyone can hear that jumbo jam that's going overhead. Uh, God, I feel like there's a couple national stories I wanted to talk about. There's anything that's happened nationally that I'm forgetting? Uh, right now, Lakers, there is uh, LeBron James wants a trade, basically. Oh well, that's and Bill Sim- Bill Simmons released his uh, hypothetical trade, I guess, to the Miami Heat coming back to Miami. Oh God, I missed that one. I'm on his last podcast where he's talking about uh, it's him and Zach Lowe. I'm still working my way through that. 
it's been my last week at my job, so I've been like yeah. listening to music when I go to work instead of like listening to analysts. I'm just gonna like, I just need to be in a good headspace. Oh yeah, I can barely do Swift. it. Well, we ran into Gavin today, Ozzy Sunspans podcast. Yes. And I just, I can never listen to other podcasts, dude. I just, <laughs> I don't as much. I feel bad. But I'll, don't tell him that tonight, though. Actually, Did I already you told already him. Did you tell that. him? Yeah, I already told him that I, that I went to go get a hot dog. <laughs> hey, I love you, man. I'm going to go get a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jam star of the game. I have to, uh, I have to Google map this place, and I hope it doesn't take me off the pod. So I'm gonna... Well, we're going to end it up here pretty quick. Who's your jam star? Uh, let's give it to um, hmm, Grayson Allen, huh? I guess I'll give it to Grayson Allen, too. I think he had an appropriate game to earn the jam star, so... <laughs> Next up, Memphis Grizzlies. Not much else to say. I'm out of breath from climbing stairs. Anything else? I think I'm good. Dancers, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We're going to go hang out with some Suns podcasters on a Friday night. Go home and love your family. Mm -hmm.